Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. So we're talking about why the Word today. Why the Bible? Why the Word of God? Uh, how many of you looking at society can see that the Word of God's under attack today? Yeah, buddy. More so than I've never seen anything in my generation, and I'm not, you know, I've never seen the stuff that's going on, but it's an attack against God and His Word. And so I'm going to say some things that I've said before. Uh, because you need to hear again, you know, I'm probably going to eat a hamburger for lunch today, but you know I've had one before. And so I'm going to say some things you've heard before, but I'm going to say some things maybe you haven't heard, but I want to stir you up about the Word today. How many of you remember about a month ago, I said you need to wake up every day, do five, five, and five. Five minutes of worship, five minutes of the Word, five minutes of prayer. How many of you know I won't stay at 15 minutes? It'll grow because you'll get hungry. And, you know, there's too many Bible apps out there for you to not read the Word. There's Bible apps that will give you a daily Bible reading, and, and you'll read in Old Testament and New Testament, and you'll read a Psalms or a Proverbs, and you'll, by the end of the year, you've read the whole Bible. And so I want to stir you just a little bit today about why the Bible, and I'm going to give you some ideas because, you know, how many of you have been beat up by some preacher with the Bible? Wave at me. You know, the law, the law was perfect. The Ten Commandments are perfect. And you can't keep them. And I could beat you up with that real easy. But that's not what it's for. <laughs> Let's just talk about, I mean, just, just, this, these, we haven't even got the sermon yet. This commercial break, you know, we're going to watch the, the scrolling before the movie starts, you know, all the things. So we're going to scroll a minute. Well, the God gave us the law, and it's perfect, and it's amazing. Okay, the law, according to Jewish, Jewish tradition, has two categories, dietary and ceremonial. You ever thought about that? The Bible tells you how to eat, what to eat. And they had all kinds of ceremonies, but also it gave you the law. Uh, did you know that our judicial, the United States, the laws in the United States are based on the Bible? Yes, yes, and yes. And they're trying to take God out of everything, out of the courtroom. Well, God's in everything in America. So, you know, it's ignorant, isn't it? And just, just throwing out some things. Uh, I say the Gentiles, we, we, we do that ceremonial, the feast and all that stuff. Listen, the law came because you couldn't keep it to show you that you needed a Savior. That's what the law's about. Whoo, I couldn't, oh, I missed it there. I missed that. You need a Savior. My Savior kept the law. He's the perfect one. He's my champion. I don't have to be condemned because I can't keep it. I need to go to him and ask him to forgive me, and he cleanses me. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Now, if I slap Jeff, it may take him a little longer to forgive me but Jesus will forgive me. I'm trying to help you, okay? I'm not trying to beat you up. You look at the law and you realize you need a Savior. Well, after you get saved and you look at the, look at the law, guess what it tells you? You still need a Savior, okay? We're going to need a Savior till we get a new body, okay? Till we get a, our mind totally renewed. And that's when we step into glory. All right, all right? 
We talked about that last week, past, present, and future. It's where we're going. And so we look. We're not married to the law anymore. Doesn't mean we don't have to keep it. It means we're married to Jesus. Jesus is our hero. Matter of fact, when you accept Jesus, God starts writing his laws on your heart. It's what the Word teaches. You know right from wrong. You'll just know, I'll not do that. But how many of you know we do it sometimes anyway? And we go, oh, you know, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. People will come to me and say, Pastor, what do you think? Well, that's what the Bible says. And then, and then you can do what you want to do, but if you violate the Bible, if you violate the law of love, then you're going to, you know, I wouldn't say that. That violates the law of love. It violates the word. I wouldn't say that. Well, I feel like I need to say it. Okay, go ahead and say it, but you're going to reap the consequences of what you say. So the Bible, you know, and I mean, got that Bible, the people say the Bible's out. It's old. You're just a fuddy-duddy when you live by the Bible. You're just an old Bible thumper. You're, you're antiquated. You're old. You're an antique. The Bible even teaches that there's nothing new under the sun. They had drugs in Jesus' day. They had prostitutes. Come on. Jesus was tempted in every manner as we are tempted. Yet he was without sin. That's why he's our hero. So there's nothing new that you're going to face that the Bible doesn't already take care of. What happens is we run back to our old ways. When the Bible says that uh, in the New Testament we need to renew our mind, we need to renew our ways. Put God first. Put the Word first. Have the Holy Spirit speak to us. I'm trying to help you. This, that's, why, that's why we got to live by the words. Why we got to, uh, you know, it's why, why we got to live by the words. Why we need to read the word. You know, Jesus came with grace and truth. Grace and truth. The law shows us where we're sin. There's sin. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not beat you up. I'm trying to set you free. Where their sin abounds, when the law shows up, we go, my goodness, I miss it. I can't be right. But where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace, grace, grace. Grace. So God's grace shows up. His power shows up. His power of forgiveness. His power of love. Jesus said in Matthew, this is not in your notes, but if you want to take it, Matthew 5, 17, do not think I've come to destroy the law, but I come to fulfill it. So listen to me. Old Testament is different than New Testament. You don't live in the Old Testament. You live in the New Testament. You live in grace and truth. You're not under the law. The Jewish people, the only way they could relate to God is trying to live a perfect life, to try to keep the law, and it condemned them on every turn. But now we're in grace and truth, and we're walking with Jesus. Jesus picks us up and dusts us off and says, all right, don't do that again. And even if you do it again, he'll pick you up and say, come on, walk with me. Come on, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. So, so, so let, me, let me say this, too. God wants you to live a moral life. The Word of God teaches us everything and how to live moral and how to live upright. Listen, if keeping the, keeping the law would have made you spiritual, then the Pharisees would have been the most spiritual people on the planet. But they didn't understand Jesus a lick. Hmm? 
So, so it's not keeping and, and being perfect. It's walking upright with God and letting God lead you and learning from your mistakes. Letting him clean you up. Okay? Okay? Because you're going to miss it. But don't say I'm just human. No, I'm a child of God. I've got forgiveness. I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to live by the word. We're going to live by the word, live by the word, and then live by the word. Let's talk about morality just for a minute before we get into this. People say that, you know what, or if it feels good, just do it. Just do it. Subjective morality. Whatever's good for you, you know, you just, you can do that. No, it's not true. There are laws that God set in place to protect us. You remember, did mom ever tell you don't play in the street? Hear the traffic? You don't, you know, we went on a youth trip one time and there was another youth trip with us and a kid crossed the four lane like that and got run over. You don't want to cross the four lane. Actually, it was 10 lanes that was in Dallas. That's like that video game Frogger, you know. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about. But listen, subjective morality said there's no absolute morals, but there is. Because if I feel like doing something, it might hurt you. Like slapping you, punching you, stabbing you, shooting you. And everybody that says that they, that you know what, people ought to just be able to do what they want to do. Those people lock their doors too. They lock their doors to keep people that don't have morals out. Somebody said, well, I don't need a gun. If they want to break in my house, they can have anything they want. I said, what if they want your wife or your kids? And the Lord gives us wisdom too. And so not everybody lives by the same standard and morals as you do is why you lock your door. Used to, you didn't have to lock the church. You could come. I'm, I'm almost stumped here a little bit, so just give me a minute. You didn't have to lock the church. You got to lock the church now. You have to lock the church because all of our sound equipment will be gone. It's sad. But in Jesus' name, we pray over our church. We pray the blood of Jesus over us, and we also use wisdom. You know, Jesus sent out his disciples one time and said, don't take a coat, don't take a knife, don't take your sword, don't take any money. I'm going to prove that God will take care of you. And the second time he sent them out, said, take your coat, your cloak, take your sword, because there's thieves out there. You just got to be led. I'm done, you know. Let's look at it like this. The Old Testament points to Jesus. The law in the Old Testament is a tutor. Now, now let me help you. My thinking of a tutor is somebody that's going to sit down and teach you math. You have a math tutor, one plus one is two, you tell you. Two plus two is four. I'm trying to help you. You with me here? I'm just kidding. But actually, a tutor was one who took. Go with me. I know you're tired. Come on, let me help you up. The tutor took the child to a teacher and set them down and let the teacher teach the child and waited till the lesson was over. Then he took the student back. That was a tutor. The law takes us to the teacher who is Jesus and the Father and teaches us. See, that's what the Word does. The Word and the Spirit is our tutor.
And he shows us. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will always point to the Father and point to me. The Holy Spirit and the Word together is our tutor. It shows us God. It's always continuously showing us God. There's types and shadows in the Old Testament. And I always tell my favorite type and shadow of the Old Testament is when Moses stood before Pharaoh and he threw his staff down and became a snake. That's Jesus. Jesus was a snake. Then the Pharaoh's magicians came and they threw their hypnotized snakes down and threw them on the ground. But Moses' rod swallowed up those snakes. Then he grabbed it by the tail. You know how many of y'all ever grabbed a snake by the tail? I've stomped on the head before, but I've never, you know. But he grabbed it by the tail and it became a staff again. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin, swallowed up sin, swallowed up the devil, and then rose again, our Savior, our champion. That's a type and shadow. There are types and shadows all in the Old Testament of Jesus in every book of the Bible. And so that's our tutor, and he's pointing us to Jesus. Folks, we need to read the New Testament. Okay, we need to get in the New Testament. You go to the Old Testament to learn about how God was bringing Jesus into the earth and the examples of it. Every festival, what they ate, how they lived, all the law points to Jesus. Okay? So, so you know, our beliefs should have behaviors. We should live morally. If we believe God, then we got to keep ourselves. And guess what? You're going to belong. All these youth right here, they're going to make mistakes, but they belong to God even before their behavior changes. Yours too. You belong to God. When you get saved, people say, when I was a kid, you got long hair, boy, you need to cut your hair, you need to dress up before you come to church, you need to clean up. No. God, God wants you to come to him, give him your heart, and then let him clean you up. That's what we've got to let him do the cleaning. We don't clean people up. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And so, so we, be, we belong, and so we've got to understand this when we relate to other people as well. So let's, let's get into the Word. Let's get into our notes today. Why the Word? Uh, what the Bible is God's Word, okay? Do you all know that? Nod at me, say, oh, yeah, oh, me. It's perfect. It's infallible. Even though there are some inconsistencies, if you go and dig, you can find out that they are consi- they're more consistent than not. And so, you know, too many people, they want to interpret the Word. They need to let the Word interpret to them. You know, that's, that's deeper than what, I, what you just got there. We, we want to understand everything. You know, what, sometimes, you know, I believe the Bible whether I can understand it or not. I walked in it enough and proved it enough. How many of you know that there's some scientifically impossible things in the Bible? And if you base your faith on science, you're already in, you're, in, you're struggling. Yeah, we should live by faith. And I know we, we need to know, Paul said to study to show yourself approved, and you need to know this word so you can d- refute it. But you know what? Faith is something that they can't, they can't steal from me. You can put me in jail, but I'm still going to have my faith. And you can send me to a class, but you, that class is not going to take my faith away. So I believe God. And we need to get to the place where we believe God. And, you know, just scientifically impossibilities. Did you know that a fish could swallow a man, that a man couldn't live in a fish's belly? That's scientifically impossible. I agree with that. Matter of fact, Jonah died in that fish's belly. 
And three days later, he was spit out on the ground, he became, and he started walking and went to preaching. But Jesus said, I'm going to be like Jonah. I'm going to be in the, in the belly of the earth for three days. How many of you know Jesus walking on the water is a scientifically impossibility? But he did. How do you know raising Lazarus from the dead after four days is scientifically impossible? But it happened. See, don't, 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 you know, the Red Sea parting. Oh, they, it was really the Reed Sea. It's only like two foot deep. And the wind blew so hard it separated the waters. Yeah, but when those waters drowned Pharaoh's men, you can't explain away. Come on, the Word of God. So, so get your heart right. Get your mind right. That I, Say, I'm a believer. I believe the Word. There are 40 authors, but I'm sorry. There are 40 writers and one author of the Bible. One author. God. Okay? I'm just give, giving you some things here, and I want to help you a little bit. So, number one, God's Word is God's way. You want to you know God? The Bible is his autobiography. Now, we don't know God from the beginning, and we don't know what God's going to do in the end. But for us right now on this planet, God created the earth. He created everything on it, and, and it's his autobiography of what, where we've come from and where we're going and what he's doing in between. Amen? So that's why we've, we've got to dig into the Word. And we not, it, it, it's the way to everlasting life. It's the way to live a happy life. It's the way to have a joyous life. It's the way to be married. It's the way to raise your kids. Everything's in the Word. And then I'll say that again probably in a minute. Isaiah 55 and 8. I love Isaiah 55. But look what in verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. Leave it right there just for a second. My ways are not, and I've heard people preach this, that you can't know God's ways, but that's not what it's saying. He's saying, my ways are better than your ways, so you need to change your ways and come on up here with me. You need to start thinking like I think. You need to know what I know, and you, if you know what I know, you, boy, don't you know if we knew what God knows about everything, we'd, we'd be way better off. That's why we got to read the Word. Even just reading the Word in general, taking your daily Bible reading, if you've got one, it will speak to you. I'm getting ahead of myself. So look at verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. His ways are better. His thoughts are better. And so, and so let's keep going. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, the earth, your seed time and harvest, so shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth. So shall my word that goes forth. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty. God's word does not return empty. Now, now I've preached this before, and, and, and the example is that you should put God's word in your mouth. And we might get to that, but not today. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. God's Word will prosper because it's God's Word. The key to it 
is you need to be like the writers and you need to be hearing the voice of God. He'll tell you. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll show you things to come. But how many, how many of you ever got in the car and drove home and didn't realize, how in the world did I get here? I was just zoned out. How many times we live our life zoned out? And we need to quit zoning out and zone in on the Holy Spirit and zone in on what God's to say. Proverbs 4.20. Proverbs 4. It says it again and again. It says right here. <laughs> Let me read it. I got it. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. When I read that, commercial break. How many of you know y'all met people with some sayings? I had a salesman work for me, and I said, you know, I'm trying to train him up. And I, I said, do you understand what I'm talking about? And he'd go, no. I said, what is it you don't understand? He goes, I'm as lost as a ball in high weeds. He had all kinds of country sayings. And I'm like, I don't think I can ever train this boy up, you know. But, but people have sayings, but God has sayings, and his sayings are life and truth. His, and look what his sayings do. Look what it, and it, it says, uh, do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are, are life, life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, a perverse lips far from you. Quit saying what you say, or quit saying those sayings. Quit saying what the world says, and say what I say, says the Lord. So grab a hold of what it says. In Joshua 1 and 8, God told Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, and then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. How many want good success? Say, that's me. I want good success. Then you've got to get into the Word. Without the Word, you're not going to have good success. You're going to have good works. And works will wear you out. I, I used to I sell construction equipment, and I sold, I think it was... Brand new, the, the piece of equipment back then was probably $120,000, $130,000. And so I talked to a lot of construction people, and they were millionaires. And I remember talking to this one roofer, and me and him were standing and talking, and he just did this. And so I'm still talking to him. I got out on one knee, and, and he was renting equipment from him. He was wore out. His body was wore out. He was wore out from work, 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 work. Well, God will help you with work. His word will help you with work. I mean, I like to work. Don't get me wrong. I, I work. But, but there's things that God give you wisdom to make work easier. And so God told Joshua to speak the word. Put the word in your mouth. Meditate. And not meditate means to speak the word, to roll it over, to roll it over. How many of you ever woke up in the morning with a song on your heart, something that we sing? That's half the crowd, more. And see, that, that's what you, you start meditating that. 
How many of you ever listened to somebody on a CD preaching, and man, that spoke to you, and it just still rolls over? I saw stuff from 35 years ago that still rolled over in my spirit. And here's one that, 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 that came to me, and I'm, just, I'm getting off, off track, but that's all right. I was listening to Brother Jesse preach, and it was probably 30 years ago. I can't even keep up with time. And he was talking about this woman had three kids, and she got cancer. And people had said, well, you know, the Lord, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, and the Lord, and he goes, no. Children are a blessing. And if God gave those children to her, he would not give her cancer. That's the enemy. The enemy comes to take us out. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And stuff, see, those are things that you lock in and you grab a hold of. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and not God. God doesn't put stuff on you. So we've got to meditate those things and mull them over and talk about them and, and defeat the enemy. Because you know what? What was the first temptation? Did God really say, did God really say that? Doubting the word. That's why I'm preaching this. If you start listening to the news or listening to people or listening to college professors or philosophers, they'll make you doubt the word. You got to live by the word. Because the word created everything. And that's number two. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. Preach this and quote this. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. And that's in verse 14. But in the beginning was the word. He was in the beginning. In verse 3, and all things were made by him. And without him was nothing made that was made. In verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Will you go back to verse 3? Y'all see this box of tissue? It's made out of cardboard and tissue. It's pretty cool. It's very handy when you're crying or your nose is running in it. But it can be misused. God made this earth to be perfect, but because of sin, things get misused now. And people won't blame it on God. But see, I can take this tissue and I can go, and man, that's not what it's used for, is it? Y'all never sit on the front row again. Y'all better sit on the front row. But that's not what it's used for. A baseball bat is used to hit a ball, but it can be used to hit you. It's misused. The devil wants to misuse the creation. Are you with me? And don't confuse what God created and has been misused by the devil. You write that down. Don't let the devil confuse you. I got notes all over the place here. So, so Jesus was the Word. In John 66, 6, 63, look what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That's why we got to stay in the Word. God's Word, Spirit, and life. It's a living thing. So let's go to number three. The word reveals. As you read the word, 
This is the written word. Just reading it like a history book, especially go back to the kings and stuff, which is pretty fun reading, uh, pretty interesting reading. Uh, when you read about the kings and stuff, there's true history. That's logos. But how many of you know when, when, when the Word of God reveals something to you, it becomes rhema. That means a living word, a God-breathed word. We need rhemas. You're not going to get a rhema. Oh, you, you can get a rhema from the Word inside of you, but you know what? As you read the Word, you get rhemas too. And you need a living word. So God reveals. And I'm gonna, I, I, as I read this scripture in Colossians 1.3, we're going to read it in the Amplified. God reveals things. Can I, can I take another commercial break? How many of y'all, how many of y'all uh, know that there's three different types of Bibles? Oh, Lord, what are you talking about three different times? How many of you know there's all kinds of translations? Okay, you with me now? Then you break those into three categories. Okay? There's a word-for-word translation from the Greek, Hebrew, King James. And now, most of us don't like King James because we don't, if it's thou be in a field with thy brother, and you don't understand that stuff, right? But, but guess what? Word for word is New King James. So if you read, I know most of the time I put New King James up here, but I'm just giving you a break because we're fixing to read the Amplified, which is word for word and, and uh, the thought. The second one is, well, you got New King James, New King James, like NASB. New American Standard Bible, those are word-for-word translations. They're real good. But still, sometimes it may be hard to understand. New King James is easier to read, but it still may not be understand. So you go and cross-reference. Man, you can get on your phone or on a computer, and you can pull them up, and you can cross-reference the NIV, the NLT. And I don't like them as much, but I do like the message. See, that gives you the thought, but you can look and see what they're thinking, and then you go back to the New King James, and it'll give you better understanding. I'm trying to help you. If you say, I don't understand the Bible, doesn't matter. Find something you can read. Find the Word. There's too many translations. Get into it, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And if you come up with a question, I don't get that, then go to the thought for thought Bible. Okay? Trying to help you. There's no excuses. I just don't understand that. Well, that's the wrong confession. God, the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you. He'll give you understanding. And, and, you know, as you read the Word, you're getting imparted wisdom from God. And then as you go through life and you're buying gas, God will speak to you about something. Or somebody will come up and ask you a question about work, and you'll have the wisdom of God to answer it. Or somebody will be going through a hard time in their marriage, and you'll know what the Word says about marriage, whether you've been married or not. Because you know what the Bible says. So get into the Word. I'm just saying there's too many translations in this day and age, and that's part of the, the end times, is that information will abound. Well, the Word of God, the information on the Word of God's abounding. So let's read this. Colossians 1.13 in the Amplified. For he has rescued us. This ought to speak to you. 
He has rescued us. Say, I've been rescued. And he has drawn us to himself. He's drawn me. Say, he's drawn me. To himself from the dominion of darkness. And he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Say, I've been transferred. I'm part of the kingdom of God. We all are, aren't we? If we're born again, we're part of the kingdom of God. That's, that's good stuff. In verse 14, in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice resulting in. We've been redeemed because Jesus bought us. The forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. Hey, all sinners go to hell. Again, I have sinned, and I probably will tomorrow, but I am not a practicing sinner, so I've been delivered from sin. And so the sin's penalty, is, is Jesus went to hell for me. In verse 15, he is the exact living image, talking about Jesus, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the invisible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the preeminent one, the sovereign and the originator of all creation. That's good stuff. Now, what does God look like? I don't know. Look at Jesus. What would God say? Look at Jesus. What would God do? Look at Jesus. Jesus didn't beat anybody over the head, did he, with a Kleenex box and tell them they'd go into hell. He didn't. He went about doing good. So what would the Father do? Good. See, that, that's, our, that's our main line. What are, what are we supposed to do? How, how are we supposed to live? We're supposed to do good. Not live selfishly. Didn't say you can't make a living, but not to live selfishly. About me and mine. There's too many people living selfishly in their marriage. How many men can quote, wives, submit yourself to your husband? Well, wives, you need to quote, husbands, give up your life for your wife. As Christ died for the church, you need to die. Your selfishness needs to die for the family. Come on. That ain't, that's all, that's all yeah, yeah. He said, well, yeah, yeah. Y'all, how do y'all understand that? Boy, how do y'all come y'all understand? Because it's your flesh. We understand how our flesh operates selfishly. Yeah, that needs an interpretation, doesn't it? Didn't need one. No. I don't even know where we at. What number are we on? Number two, number three? The word reveals. So, so let me ask you this, and I'm not going to point at anybody. I'm pointing at everybody. What has God revealed to you lately? Almost entitled this, what has God done for you lately? What has he spoken to you lately? If he's not speaking to you, then you're not in the Word. Or you're not praying. Let me preach this away a minute. We all get busy and get, get tied up, but we got to get in the Word. Miss Becky, I'm going to pick on Miss Becky. She got a Subaru, isn't that right? And she said, there's some things on this Subaru I don't even know how to operate. And I said, that'll preach because there's some things in the Word we don't know how to operate. Because we haven't got into it deep enough. And guess what? You may not get in it deep enough. You need to be pursuing it. You know, I've had several vehicles with a satellite radio. 
and I've never paid for it, never turned it on, never used it. But I will use that air conditioning, and I'm going to figure out how to work that. I will figure out how to work that air conditioning. And if I can't, I'm going to go somebody show me how to work that thing. Well, you know, that's why you come to church, figure out how to work something. Figure out how to, so you learn how to pray. You learn how to read the Word. You learn how to have understanding. That's why we're in talking about the Word today, because the enemy wants to take the Word away from you. And we've got to learn to take our stand, and we've got to figure out God will help you, and he's the tutor that will get you to the teacher who is Jesus to how to understand the Word and to live by it. Because we want to be successful. Remember, we started off, if you will meditate, if you will say in my, incline your ear to my sayings, then you'll be successful. But what we do is we look around. Well, there's no jobs that fit me. I don't know what I'm going to do. You ought to make a way. That the Word will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll cut a path in the jungle for you. Hmm. Woo, so number four. God's Word is a controlling factor. If you're not living by it, then you have no control. Anybody ever let go of the steering wheel? But I'm not on a car, but I have on a lawnmower, and that thing will go around and around in circles. Because once that wheel turns, nobody will straighten it up. How many people you know live like that? They're just going around in a circle because they won't get in the Word and get out, get out of that turn that they're making. And the Word will straighten you out. It's the controlling factor for your life. That's why you gotta. That's why you gotta get in it. There's a guy. He, he said uh, it was a picture of somebody put on the side of a truck, and it had six gears, and it had the the outline of how to shift it. And they said it was a theft control, because most people don't know how to drive a standard. But. We need to know how to live by the Word, and we need to stay in the Word so it gives us direction. And if we chase the Word, see, there's 3,000 promises. What promises are you standing on right now? What promises are you living by? So, so God's Word is the controlling factor, and here's the, the key is you need to start agreeing with it. Let's read back in Colossians 1.16. We're just going to pick it back up. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth. If he created everything, then he knows how to operate it. Okay? <clears throat> things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his activity and for him. Now, now don't get lost. Now, I do believe God works behind the scenes all the time. But for you to live by the word and you start declaring that I have the favor of God, and so you need to be clear, I got the favor of God. One, one, the first, first day or second day of the youth trip, uh, some people have bought lunch at the, at, the, at the trip, and they decided they were going out to eat, and they turned around and gave y'all lunch, didn't they? I said, that's favor. I said, that's favor. I speak over, I've been speaking over and praying over that, over the team. So, so that, that's favor. We need to be declaring the favor of God over your business, whoever you work for. Over your life, over your money. Verse 17. And he himself existed 
and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. For he is the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. He's the controlling factor. Jesus and God, they, he's the controlling factor. The Word of God is the controlling factor. Verse 18. He is also the head, the life source, the leader of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. I, I back up. He is the life source and the leader of the body, the church. He is the life source. You're the church. He's your life source. Why do you know what he wants to do? You read the word and you pray and the spirit of God will direct you. My daughter used to call me in college. Got a tough test today. I want you to pray for me. I said, well, have you studied? She goes, yes, I have. Well, there's our agreement. I said, Father, I thank you that everything she studied, that you'll bring to her remembrance and that she'll pass this test. She'll remember everything that she studied. And Father, that you'll give her wisdom on how to answer even if it wasn't hasn't been studied or told to her. Now, most of us just want to wing it. Oh, Lord, just help me. But the Bible says to study to show yourself approved. It's talking about the Word. But it also it's, it affects life. It, same thing works, seed time and harvest. What you put into it, you get out of it. So, so he's the life source, the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, and that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and preeminent in everything. Verse 19, for it pleased him, for it pleased the Father, for all the fullness, the deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers and attributes to dwell permanently in him, the Son. Did you see that? Everything's in Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to come back to that. Verse 20. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 20. And through the intervention of, of the Son to reconcile all, reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of the cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, he has reconciled everything to himself. Go back to that last verse, verse 19. If the fullness of God is in Jesus and you're in Jesus, what do you have? Everything. The Bible says God will, nothing will he withhold from you. Well, I don't have it, Pastor. Well, then get in the Word and find out what you're supposed to have and pursue it. Ooh, I want that. My, my grandson has a wish list. See that, Pop? Put that on my Christmas list. What's he telling me? Because I got the cash. Pop, I want that. Put that on the list as this long. It's on there, okay? Where's your list? What are you talking to the Father about? What are you talking to Jesus about? And I'm not talking about cake and candy and toys. I'm talking about life. Serious stuff that God has laid out because the enemy's come to steal your peace any way he can. All right, number five. And we got A, B, and C under number five. If you look at that, we need the word every day. 
Every day, every day, every day I praise the Lord. There was a guy who rewrote that blues song. Every day I have the blues. Where's Caleb White when you need him to play on guitar? But every day, every day I praise the Lord because he set me free. Now, we, we got to go after it. So, A, the Word is our daily bread. How I many you know I love the metaphors in the Bible, but the Word is bread. And so we're going to look at bread, and you know, how many of y'all are going to eat something today? Okay. Exodus 16, 4. And I know in your notes it says Deuteronomy, so change that. It's Exodus. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Everybody say every day. We need bread every day. And I know you talk, now I'm not talking about food, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Every day. Every day. Now, on purpose, some of you, have you ever fasted? How many of you, if you don't, how many if you don't get weak, you get low blood sugar and kind of get the shakes? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you in the spirit got the shakes because you hadn't fed on the Word of God and who knows when. <laughs> There's a saying in my family, and it came from way back, you know, you work in the field all day, and it said, man, I'm, 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 I need to get something to eat because I'm having a sinking spell. A sinking spell. Because you're weak in your body, you know, you've been working and got to have, well, the, my family took it to a new level. They just had lunch and they're trying, man, I'm about to have a sinking spell. We need to pull over here and let's get a Snickers bar. And my, my, my cousin said that and her husband goes, we just had lunch. What do you need? A, you, you ain't got no sinking spell. But she's on a Snickers bar. But you know what? You need to feed on the word. You know, you know when you're dull spiritual, spiritually. And if you don't watch it, you'll stay dull. And your flesh will, that's where your flesh lives, in Dullsville. Your spirit man wants to be sharp and crisp. And it won't do it without praying. And it won't do it without the Word. And it's more than just praying. you got to get into the Word. And you need to pray the Word. Because everybody throws up, oh, Lord, help me. I'm praying. Okay, anybody going out to eat? I don't care if you're going to McDonald's today. Do you walk in there and do you go, hey, just help me? <laughs> hey, just help me? Well, sir, we look at the menu. Sir, would you look at the menu and tell me what you want? Tell me what you want. Look at the menu. Just help me. Help you with what? Put your shoes on? You help me brush your teeth. What do you, what do you want? You have not because you ask not. That's what the promises are for, to be specific. Hmm? <laughs> my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. My wife's not in here, but I used to pray that I could make more money and she could spend and I wasn't saying she's a big spender. No, she's, she's not. But I want more money than she can spend, Lord. Not that she's a big spender. But we have a nice house. We've had a nice house for a long time. We've had good cars. I mean, I have drove uh, just, a, I used to not fill up every week. I used to take the plugs out and wash the oil off the plugs every week. I know what it is to drive a piece of junk or a hoopty. I've been there. And, and riding on Maypops. You know, they may pop any minute. They can pop just sitting there. 
but I grew in the Word and lived by the Word and said, Father, this is your Word, then I need this. I need change in my life. I want to change. I want to have where I'm not driving on May Pops. Well, I don't have to change the, wash the plugs. I ain't changing them anymore because I'm just too expensive. I want to get to a better place in my life, and His Word will take you there. It's not somebody. It's God. It's not a job. It's God. He's your source. You work for Him. He's the one that will take you to the next place, to the next level in life. And so that's, what we, that's why I'm preaching about the Word, because it's life-changing, and you need it every day. The Word's our daily bread. In, in Matthew 6, 11, in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Speak to me today, Lord, through your Word. As I read your Word, speak to me today. Give me something that I can feed upon, that I can live by. Have you ever prayed that? Well, just find one scripture and meditate on it all week till you memorize it. Mm. We need to memorize the word. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. There's something too about daily reading the word. He daily will load you. He daily will load you. He daily will load you with benefits. You need a word in the first thing. <laughs> you need it first thing in the morning. You know, as I was reading that, I was thinking, you know what? We need it morning, noon, and night. How many of y'all eat three times a day? I mean, you get up and you're going to snack on something, get going. And, you know, we skip meals and things like that. You don't need to skip the word. I mean, if you can't read it, you need to be playing it. You need to be playing it. And, and there's nothing wrong with listening to preachers preach, but when they speak to you a rhema and it just goes off in you, you need to go look at it. You need to look at it with your eyes, and you need, you need to hear yourself saying it. You hear me? You need to say the Word of God. You need to look at it, and you need to put it in you every which way you can. You know, some people don't like a deep movie. They just like one that's all fluffy and just so oh, entertaining and just takes you to a good place and has a happy ending. But me, I like a movie that's in depth, and you can watch it the second time and miss stuff you watch the first time. And then you watch it, you know, anybody ever watch a movie more than three times? Yeah. Well, you know what? The Word is the same way. You can read it, and it'll jump out at you, and you can read it, and it'll jump out at you. You read it like, this is good, because there's layers to it. Listen, if you can commit to reading the Word 30 days, and if it doesn't work, Greg will give you your money back. All right? It's a joke. B, number, letter B in a sustaining bread. The bread will sustain you. It'll sustain you, but what it is, you don't stay with it long enough. Come on, grab a hold of it. The Word will sustain you. Matthew 4, 3, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you be the Son of God, if you be the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He quoted Deuteronomy 8, 3, where it says the same thing. You're not going to live by this manner. You're going to live by what God said. See, that manner from heaven is an example that you're supposed to be in the Word. It's a type and shadow. You need Jesus every day. You need God's Word every day. Notice that he fought the devil. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. 
Somebody said, well, you need to treat the Word of God like Shakespeare, you know, and just kind of break it. No, you don't. The Word of God's life. The Word of God defeats the devil. The Word of God will defeat temptation. The Word of God will change your life. The Word of God will change how you live, and you'll be successful. Back to Isaiah 55, 2. It says this, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? How much time do we waste on entertainment in America? And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. The word is what you eat that's good. Job 23, 12 says, for I, I, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job had it. Why was Job successful? Right there. (laughs) It was loud, wasn't it? It's all right. I'm going to read Job one more time. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You want to be successful in business? Get in the Word. You want to be successful in your marriage? Get in the Word. You want to be successful in anything? Find what the Word says about it. It's what the Word says. See, this is the true bread. Jesus is the true bread of life. He said it in John 6, 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As is written, he gave them bread from the heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. And I didn't put it in the notes, but verse 49 said, Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, and it shall give, and I shall give for the life of the world. I give my life for the world. Jesus is the bread of life. That's why we got to partake of him. So let me ask you, have you accepted Jesus? Are you going to live forever? You're going to live forever. Are you going to be in the kingdom? People in hell live forever. But we want to live forever in heaven. Do you know, are you for sure you're going to heaven? Will you bow your heads and look at your heart? Do you have that assurance? I'm not talking about because you missed it last week. Are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you partaken of the bread of life? Do you know him? Does he know you? If you are not sure that you're a child of God, will you make make it sure today? Will you accept Jesus as Lord? Say, that's me, Pastor. I just want to make sure today. I want to know Jesus. Will you lift your hand? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see hands. Anybody else? Now look at me. 
There's some people that will beat you up and say you need to get saved every day, but you don't have to. Once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're saved. Now, many of us backslide, or we're like the prodigal son. We go off and live a life that on our own, and we leave God back there. But the Bible says that Jesus never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's always going, here am I. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Here I am. I want to tell you, God loves you. Jesus has not kicked you out. So let's all pray this together. Say, Father, today I come once and for all to give you my life. I may miss it. I may fail. But I'll never turn from you. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. Change me. Come into my heart. Renew me. Make me right with you today. I submit to your word and I submit to your spirit. Thank you, Father, for loving me enough to send Jesus for my sin, for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, why, why not preach this? Because this is how the enemy attacks is make you doubt the word. To get you busy where you're not reading the word, where you're not in the word. If you go back and look, if the devil's beating you up, go back and look at how much word you're in. Huh? Because you get weak when you're away from the supply. This is your supply. This is your life. Amen? So let's get into the word. I'm going to challenge you next week. You better be ready. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.